Here it comes. Desperation for the dogs. Batting down and ASU wins. It's Parson. Oh, how about the patience by Diedrich? And he's up and running. Parson, see you later. Next, rolling right. Going to throw, and it's Hello and welcome back to Pacific Point of View. I'm Tyler Budge. I'm Hayden Weber. And I'm Colt Almodova. Debuting a brand new intro for Pacific Point of View. That's pretty uh, damn good, Budge. Yeah, yeah. I thought, you know, the upcoming season, only 130 days away, so we mm. might as well, you know, get get a new one, all from clips from this last season. Of course, uh, Dedrick Parsons' big run against UNLV, the big upset win for ASU this last year, and... Uh, Big Civil War win for the Beavers. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm, I'm surprised you found good highlights for Hawaii and ASU. Exactly. Some rough, rough seasons there. I, it was What was interesting about that is I was like, <laughs> even though they were rough seasons, pretty big highs. You had the win o- over the Ninth Island and then the basically stiff-arming the Pac-12 out of the playoff with the Washington win. So pretty good stuff there. Uh, let's jump right into it, and we'll get to our Wheaties. Better get your whole grain. I bet eat my Wheaties. Um, we're still, you know, managing with what we what we have with the mega seg here that's been um, riddled with coffee. So, sound What's bites, left of it? sound bites <laughs> will continue to be a bit poverty, but that's just kind of kind of how we're operating. Uh, for Wheaties this week, we're gonna step away from food and we're gonna talk mm. about your dream college football play-by-play and color duo. This is an amazing Wheaties prompt. I mean, I I am so opinionated oh, about. Wow. Wow. Play by play. <laughs> Get ready and for I'm some just, yes. some choice okay. words in over all, here. In all seriousness, uh, Fowler and Herbie, in my opinion, is I love the Fowler. cream of the crop, best play by play duo in college football, hands down. If if it's a, a you know a marquee game, whatever it may be, I want those two guys on the call. I love that they called ASU Oregon in 2019. So we'll forever have Fowler's voice calling the Brandon IU touchdown. Yeah, that was. It, it, do, it doesn't get better He's, than Fowler. I think Fowler is the most underrated guy mm. as play by play. That's my thought. Uh, I went with Kirk Herbstreet and Kevin Harlan. Uh, it's a guy that doesn't call college wow. football right now, but man, I love him in every single sport. He makes March Madness exciting, Thursday night TNT games are exciting. Uh, absolutely love Harlan. Um, I would do Fowler and Pat McAfee, McAfee doing um, color, or Gus Johnson and Pat McAfee. I think either combination there Oof. would go pretty hard. Um, I mean, just the Gus Johnson call followed yeah. by the Pat McAfee analysis, I feel like would be absolutely ridiculous. That's my dream duo. But if I had to pick a, a current one, Fowler and Herbie is a pretty goaded combo as well. But, you know, with every group of announcers that's out there eating their Wheaties, getting bit, big and strong, making great calls, there's other ones that are out there making poor decisions, maybe eating their Fruit Loops, uh, maybe being RG3. Yeah. So who's your who's your least favorite duo, or maybe a duo that doesn't exist but would be awful if they teamed up? Oh, beautiful segue there. Uh, RG3, who in my opinion is the worst uh, analyst Terrible. in college football. Yeah. And I don't care for Beth Moen's voice. I just think it's very nasal, and it gets old quickly. <laughs> <Beth> so <Moen. laughs> I think Beth Moen's and RG3 
listening to 60 <laughs> minutes of football with that booth would be tough. I would mute it. This one doesn't currently exist, but Eric Collins, he's the Charlotte Hornets play-by-play announcer. I don't know if you've ever heard this guy, yep. but he's ridiculous. It's too much. And uh, current Lee Corso would be pretty awful to listen to for three oh, hours. Oh, God. That that would oh. be <laughs> forget where he was. That would be rough. Uh, I said Hornets announcers in RG three, and that's because you would have like a four yard check down. The Hornets announcer would be like, "Oh my goodness, what a check down!" And then RG three would be like, "And that's why they call him Mister Check One Two Three. It would be horrible. It yeah. would be a horrible puns and overreactions. A good point. I I honestly totally forgot about the Charlotte. What's his name again? No idea. Eric Collins. Okay. That guy. Yeah. Okay. I have to look a, him up. There's though. a difference between, you know, elevating and matching a big moment and doing it excessively. And the way he does it, it's just screaming. It's like not even audible yeah. at times when yeah. he hits the high moment. Like Gus Johnson, you guys said it. Nobody hits the big moment better than Gus. I yes. think he, he goes insane, but it's like, you know, kind of reeled in a little bit unless it's like a crazy moment. But, yeah, when you're doing it all the time, it just devalues when you get to that level. Yeah, and it shows off your ball knowledge when you're reacting to significant plays throughout the game mm-hmm. in a more exaggerated, excited manner. And it just it's fake when you're a Hornets guy. You're not actually that excited at the LaMelo ball layup. Like, let's be real. You're not actually that excited. But, you know, there's some people out there that actually enjoy that stuff. But there's a lot of people that enjoy a lot of weird <laughs> things in this world. So huh? let's get to let's get to the big picture and avoid uh, playing to that subject. Cam Newton uh, made some comments uh, in a camp, I believe. Was that a, I don't know. He was addressing some young recruits. Was. Addressing some young recruits, he basically told them uh, these big schools, Georgia, Bama, Tennessee, they do not care about you, and you can go wherever in the entire country. And if you're good enough for the NFL, the NFL will find you. So, uh, pretty interesting comments from him. What What do you guys think? Um, I don't know if I like how he went about saying it. I don't think you can say that they don't care about every player. But I, to an extent, Nick Saban is not going to have the same sort of one-on-one connection with some of his players as, say, uh, a Timmy Chang or a Kenny Dillingham, right? Based on kind of what I've heard, I know when Blake Barnett transferred out of Alabama into ASU, something he didn't like was how Nick's like you had to schedule an appointment to talk to the head coach. Mm. I don't, I don't <laughs> like that. Um, but if it's true, then yeah, I, I guess I agree with his comments. At the end of the day, I think the biggest thing in recruiting is guys just have different criteria for where they want to go. And if the, if you want to sit on the bench and play at a blue blood school. More power to you. If it was me, I would go where I'm going to get the most reps, but at the same time, somewhere where I'd be happy. His point about if you're good, the NFL will find you, it's true to an extent. I mean, Josh Allen didn't go to a Power 5 school, Trey Lance, Jerry Rice, to name a few. But I think when you go to a blue bud like Alabama, you're competing against the best guys. I mean, look at Alabama. You got Jalen Hurts who was competing with Tua, and Tua eventually taking his spot. That's just something you're not going to get at any small school. I think Cam Newton's giving me mixed signals. Overall, I think the advice is bad because it's advice that does not apply to everyone. On one hand, he's saying, wherever you go, the NFL will find you. It's like, yeah, the NFL will find you if you're Cam Newton and you're one of the most physically gifted <laughs> players of all time. right? If you're like Joe Smith... <laughs> like five eight one six. If you're Hunter Renfro and you go to Wyoming, the NFL is not going to find you, right? You've got to. 
And, and and also, I just think for him to say like, oh, if you go to these big schools, you don't matter. Well, yeah, you don't matter if you're not ready, if you're not good enough. But if you're good enough to play at Bama, you're going to matter to that school. You're the like, you know, you're one of the cogs in the wheel. I just, I don't know. I just, I feel like he was trying to be like a philosopher or whatever. Yeah. And it just, I, it and falls, really, he's just dumb. False flat for me. <laughs> and you just look at like what, what the way Cam Newton, the font he uses, the way he dresses, the way he wears, presents himself. It's just like you can't take anything he says seriously because you, it just, it's so unserious. It's like, what are you doing, man? Like, there's, it's just. Yeah, the Chick-fil-A bag in the background of the video did it for me. I was just like, what? A- it's not the worst thing he's ever said, though. He it's said some other crazy not, things. That's, that is true. All right, spring games taking off around the country. There was 24 of them this last weekend, and then Damn. another, like, two on Thursday, and I guess in total, like, 27. Um, what are some non-Pac-12 spring games that stood out to you, takeaways you had? Well, Georgia, obviously the defending national champions, and being that they have a bit of a quarterback battle, that was pretty intriguing. From the reports that I read, I'm reading that Carson Beck is pretty much running away with yep. that job, balled out in the spring game. So it looks like the dogs have their quarterback. I mean, I'm no Mel Kuyper or Todd McShay, but after watching the extended YouTube highlights of the Miami spring game, the 20-minute oh. version, uh, I'm not sold on Tyler Van Dyke. Really? Um, I don't love his pocket awareness. I felt like that pocket was collapsing multiple times. I don't know if that's because of Francis Maui Goa with Hawaii Connections He's comes into play. From Washington State. Or hmm. they have this other guy, Ruben Bain, who had like three sacks. But they're not even sacks. They're like two-hand touch sacks. They're shoulder taps. But that guy... It just seemed like he didn't have any control in there. And the backup, Jakari Brown, who had a couple snaps last year because I guess Tyler Van Dyke went down toward the end of the season, he looked promising. I mean, he can huck the ball deep down the field. I don't know if he can do it in the actual games, but I'm not sold on Van Dyke. Yeah, Van Dyke had that great season in 2021, regressed heavily this last year. Uh, new offensive coordinator for the third straight year for him mm-hmm. this year. I believe it's uh, Shannon Dawson, who was the offensive coordinator at Houston last year. So, new look for him. We'll see. Florida had some bad looks and some bad buzz around their spring game. Um, quarterback play was not good. Billy Napier basically said, we're going to go back in the portal and look for a quarterback. So, the Graham Murth type is dead. It is dead already. Uh, maybe he turns it around. Uh, Hayden, did you have a takeaway? On the Florida game? Uh, just on, on a spring game. Before I, I have another one I want to talk about, but I wanted to let you get one oh, in first. I mean... I guess the Georgia quarterback battle is over. Oh, is that what, that was was that what you led mine. with? Yeah. Oh, wait. I forgot about that, I guess. Well, then let me talk about I'm getting blindsided by, <laughs> by my, my <laughs> the stupidity I'm seeing online about this. People need to calm down about Arch Manning. Arch mm, Manning yeah. was on the field yep. for like three drives, and I am seeing people saying, well, if his name wasn't Arch Manning, he'd be a three-star. I'm like, what are you? Stop it. Stop it. Get out of here. <laughs> Stop it. That is one of the stupidest things I've ever seen and heard of. People are out here hating on a 17 or 18-year-old kid after three drives in a spring game. Dumb. How about John Rice Plumley this weekend? You see that? Yeah, that UCF. was awesome. Nuts. UCF, what, outfielder and quarterback? Yeah. The guy went like two for three with like two ribbies, won the game, and then said, I'm going to go play a spring game. Yeah, that was Oof. that was very dope. He uh, definitely a, a sleeper to do some stuff for UCF's first year in the Big 12. Uh, the ESPN FPI ratings dropped this mm. last weekend. Basically, what ratings are is just, uh, hey, on a neutral field, if these teams went head-to-head, this is the exact order in which they would like be favored against each other. And uh, they were they were released this last weekend. Very so, interesting. Uh, 
you could pick one to two teams in, in this list. Um, whose projected record surprised you, because they also have a projected record listed with that, yeah. or just, you know, any other takeaways you had. Yeah, Colorado was basically at the bottom of the ESPN FBI, projected to go 3-9. and nine. Look, I'm not that high on Colorado this year, but I'm not certainly not that low. I, yeah. I just don't understand, you know, w- the level of talent that Dion brought in, and not only that, the coaching staff how you could be that low on them, especially with the Pac-12 as this perceived weak conference nationally. Look, is there a path for Colorado to go 3-9? and nine? Maybe, but that's like the floor of the floor. And I figured that the FPI would be kind of the average mean middle point, and 3-9 and nine is just disrespectful. Um, Oklahoma was number 11. I thought that was very high in that, in that ranking. Um, from the middle to the end of last season, I mean, I love Dylan Gabriel – more than anyone, but they regressed a lot from that Lincoln-Riley era. Um, I don't think this team should be in the top 25 of this ranking. Um, I think they're higher than Washington, higher than a lot of these other teams. And I had, I saw Cal is at like number 51 in like the rankings, better than like Tulane, Kansas, Boise. Cal's better than 79 other college football teams? Really? Interesting. I, d- I do have thoughts on Cal, actually, later in this show. Not not horrible thoughts about Cal. But uh, I think the FPI is stupid all around. And you know why it's stupid? Because, like I said, what power ratings are supposed to be is who would be favored if they played. It doesn't matter about your resume. It's just who would be favored. It is stupid because... The points next to their name, right, where it says their name and then their rating, that right there tells you how many points they'd be favored by on a neutral field. They're telling us that Ohio State would be a 10-point favorite versus Michigan tomorrow. It would be a 5-point favorite versus Georgia. 5-point favorite. If if Georgia and Ohio State got together and went and played in Lincoln, Nebraska at a neutral site, they would give Ohio State five points. What? That's simply not true. They're telling you that this is the most egregious one, in my opinion. They're telling you if Toledo traveled to play in Boulder tomorrow, they would favor Toledo by two points. Come on. Now that that is ridiculous. Anyways, uh, I really want to play this soundbite for this next segment, What Are the Odds? So we're going to play it even though it's poverty. (laughs) There we go. Never tell me the odds. For this segment, what are the odds where we take a look at some statements uh, or questions, I suppose, uh, and say, you know, what would the odds be if we were running our own betting website? Um, For people that are unfamiliar with how betting odds work, I'll try to explain it in 30 Mm. seconds. Um, The number signifies how much you would make if you bet $100. So if it is plus 200, it means you would get $200 if you bet $100. Uh, If it's minus, that's how much you would need to bet to win $100. So if it's minus 110, you would need to bet $110 to get $100. Mm. If that doesn't make sense, just know minus means more likely, plus means less likely. All right, let's go to the first one. That was good. That was a great explanation. Perfect. Hopefully, the Ohana. If my mom that. understands it, then we did everything correct. Uh, okay, perfect. <laughs> uh, let's go to the first one. Odds: Jimbo Fisher is the Texas A&M head coach at the end of the 2023 season. I'm going to kick this segment off with a steamy take: minus 120. Minus 120. There we go. Uh, I really feel like Jimbo could be in trouble <laughs> if, if especially if they go, even if they go six and six, seven and five, if they don't look good and beat some of these teams. Uh, the bigger teams, I absolutely think he's going to get canned. I'm looking at the buyout, and I'm also banking on AM having a nice comeback season. So I'm going to go minus 250. 
Wow, I also I went exactly minus two fifty. Really? Look at that. Yeah, Holy I did. Cow. Uh, not as steamy as Hayden's take, but uh, I I actually do believe a bowl game is incoming. I factored that in, but I think even with a five and seven year, it's still. Like if even if they went five and seven, the odds on Jimbo getting fired in that moment, I feel like it's still going to be like, just really just in the, because it's like, it's such a big buyout and it's like, I don't know, are they willing to fork over that much money? It's st- it's still ridiculous amounts of money. We should open up our own sports book. We boys. should. We were all pretty close. We all, let's, yeah. We'll see how long that keeps up. Odds Arch Manning <laughs> takes the starting job from Quinn Ewers at some point during the 2023 season. I'm curious to see what you guys have first, because like this could be a really bad number. But you got to stick to All it. All right, plus one thirty. I'm going plus wow. one thirty. I think there is a chance. I don't know. I don't think Quinn Ewers is going to perform bad enough for Manning to unseat him. But yeah, that's just wow, where that I'm at. I, 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 there's a. I have a lot of faith in Ewers to go out on a good note. Uh, it seems after the spring game they're pretty set on Ewers, but I mean if they get clapped to Bama, then you know things might change. But I'm gonna stick to plus four hundred right now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go plus five thousand. Holy wow. cow! I think Ewers has this job, and the key words here is Arch Manning takes the job. I think the only way Arch gets to start this year is if Ewers gets injured, because I am so high on Quinn, and they improved this receiving core so much. I I'm all in on this this Texas offense mm. at the very least. And also, added wrinkle, I think Malik Murphy might have a better shot at quarterback two this year because I think they might be keen to keeping that red shirt on Arch. Be- and, I, and I've heard some interesting things about Malik Murphy, another quarterback in that room. So really? just, just keep an eye on that. Uh, odds Colorado has a better record than Nebraska, a little bit of off-season beef brewing. Matt Rule criticized the way Colorado assembled their roster through the portal versus the old-fashioned way, developing the talent on the roster. Even though literally everyone else is using the portal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, including Nebraska. Uh, I'm going to go plus 150. I, I think Nebraska is going to have the better record, but it's, it's going to be really close. I could see them both going 5-7. and seven. Yeah, plus 300. Colorado currently projected four and a half wins, Nebraska six. They both have really tough schedules, but I think Colorado is a little tougher, especially to start out. Yeah, I went plus 110. Uh, Colorado just has a brutal schedule. I'm in the same boat as you guys. Nebraska, even if they beat Nebraska, I think Nebraska could end up uh, just a step above them Mm. record-wise. Odds that a new group of five team makes into year six, so that would mean it wouldn't be Boise State, Tulane, Memphis, or Western Michigan. Minus 150 for me. I like SMU. I like James Madison. Mm. Possibly Coastal. Uh, did, who did Liberty just get? The Chadwell, right? Liberty yep, just got they Chadwell. Did. They got okay, Coastal's I throw coach. Liberty in there as well. So I really like the odds for one of those four teams to break in there. Yeah, plus 200. I think Tulane's the clear favorite, but you know the betting odds would sway based on that SMU or Sunbelt team. Colt, get out of my head. Plus 200. <laughs> Tulane we came, didn't even talk about this before. I know. <laughs> Tulane came out of nowhere last year. Um, App State, Liberty, James Madison, SMU, all teams to keep an eye on. I, I'm just putting it plus 200 just because I'm like, I think Fresno State has control of the Mountain West this next year. Hmm. Maybe Fresno makes a push, but I think if anyone comes out of the Mountain West, it will be Boise State. And there's a very good chance that Tulane makes something happen. I don't think a MAC team is going to factor in, but there's definitely some other teams to keep an eye on in there, including App State. I said them earlier, but don't don't forget about App State. Um, <laughs> odds that Ugga the 11th, the new Bulldog, has a better career record than Ugga the 10th. Ugga the 10th finished with a 91 and 18 record and two national championships. 
another really close one for me, plus 150, because Georgia (sighs) seems like they're hitting what I think they're going to maybe not be the next Bama, but they're going to be right there in terms of the longevity and how Kirby Smart's going to be able to sustain success there. So there's a real good chance that the new UGA sees like three natties. Maybe it won't have the best overall record, but Georgia's going to bring in more hardware. Yes, but I think it's tough to beat two natties right now. And also this new era of like these super SEC conference and Big Ten conferences, and maybe maybe even that expanded playoff might hurt their chances going down the road. So I got plus 300. Uh, plus 350. Similar range again. I think better, better than that. That's going to be that's gonna be tough. Uh, Kirby's great. But, in my opinion, Georgia, mm. they have been great. And they're on the brink of becoming a dynasty. But they have not beat the Clemson allegations yet. The the couple natties and then regress a little bit back to just being an elite team in college football. Just saying. Also play Bama. Also, yeah. Also, they haven't beat the Bama allegations. They're one and four against Alabama since like twenty sixteen. <laughs> a, a lot of anyways. Uh, odds a non quarterback is a Heisman Trophy finalist. That's a top three at the end of the year. Yeah, plus six hundred for me. Oof, I, I wow. maintained that this is a quarterback award. I stand by that. Maybe a running back gets in there, but otherwise I don't see it. Um, four of the past seven ceremonies have been quarterback-only finalists, but I'm going to go minus 100. I'm leaning toward it. Uh, I think Marvin Harrison, Blake Corum, maybe Brock Bowers gives us a chance. I say plus 250. There's none in the top 10 right now, which is bad vibes, but I don't see I don't see McCord getting Heisman buzz. If Ohio State's thriving, I see Marvin Harrison Jr. getting that buzz. That's mm. what I cling to as far as a non-quarterback guy, but outside of him, I don't see many other guys that are capable of, of cracking that list. Uh, odds Nick Saban retires after 2023. Plus 500. I don't think it's his time. So, I don't see it. He's 71 right now. He turned 72. He's 71? Yeah. He's 72 what? in October. He does not look... That's what a bunch of titles does. He does not look 71, in my opinion. I got plus 900. I just feel like he would announce this like before the season started. Nick if, Saban looks 55. That guy looks yeah, so looks young. But all the other college basketball greats are doing it, like Shashevsky, all those legendary coaches on that side are doing it. I wouldn't be surprised if he does it, especially if he loses to Georgia at some point this year and the NIL gets too much and the SEC gets too big. Ah. I, I said <laughs> plus 10,000. He just reeled in the number one recruiting class. He is having fun. Hammer. He finally has an assistant who's doing just as good as him and competing with him. I think Nick Saban thrives because he's like, I finally have a challenge. Mm. What do you know? Somebody's here actually. I think he always adapts. He's the GOAT. And I think he's a guy who just enjoys good old-fashioned competition. So I yeah. don't see him throwing in the towel anytime soon. Also, Miss Terry supports him. So Terry. you got to – Miss Terry's his wife. I don't know if you guys – she's actually like an alabama legend and she's like always there like when he gets back from the game this is miss terry guys um, i would hope she's back there when yeah. Back from the game. <laughs> yeah she's she's either in like davos when he's terry, office or she's <laughs> anyways uh, enough about miss terry uh odds lee corso is on college game day after 2023 okay i'm i'm gonna I'm going to say plus 10,000 as well. I originally had 250, but the more I think about it, the less likely I think it happens. So I'm going to ride plus 10,000. I'm going to go plus 200. I feel like this could be his final year. I mean, obviously he's kind of fallen off. Um, You know, to replace him, I was thinking like who they might do. Mm -hmm. Probably like RG3. 
I mean, no. it would suck, but that's who they would probably put there. Please. Maybe Andrew God. Luck would be cool with the uh, Pat McAfee chemistry. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, I said uh, plus 300. He missed like half the game days this last oh, year. See. It's a sign of, you know, something. I think he might go to a sort of Dickie Vitale role where they'll go to his retirement home via Zoom every once in a while and he'll say something quirky. You know, because that's kind of what they do with Dickie Vitale nowadays. Um, uh, I think McAfee's a clear replacement. I don't think they need to throw somebody else in there. It feels like it's already kind of crowded yeah. on that table recently. Mm. I think it's fine if they just, Corso gets siphoned out and then we've got McAfee in there. Because when, <laughs> when they had Corso and McAfee and Herbstreet and Howard and, like, sometimes Pollock... And the guest, yeah. it was like too much. Too much. It was too. And, and they would Chris like. Felica. And they'd go back to the studio to like two other guys, like Reese Davis and like somebody else. And then they they like had too many guys at, at times last year. Yeah. Remember remember that too? They they had they would like go to like the other screen and like mm-hmm. two other guys would break down stuff. Who's like, the guy who always does like the feature packages? I forget his name. Tom Rinaldi. Yes. Used to be. Yes. Yeah. Um, he wouldn't be the replacement. I get, said Pollock. And you have the reporter. But, Right, the female reporter. I forget her name, but Ma- Ma- I remember her face. Which one? Heather Dinich, Pacific Point of View legend. Heather Dinich. Actually, it's Molly McGrath. Oh, Molly McGrath. Um, of course, you remembered Molly McGrath. All right, odds game day will go to a Power Five school they've never been to. Those schools would be Cal, Duke, Illinois, Maryland, Rutgers, Syracuse, and Virginia. Um, I'm gonna go minus 150 here. I think Maryland and Illinois are gonna be in huh. some important games down the stretch. And I think Game Day has done a pretty good job of trying to like spread the love and, uh, you know, not keep going to the same schools. So I'm sure they're aware of these schools. Obviously, you look at a Syracuse, a Rutgers. It's going to be tough to find a game there. But I'm going to go Maryland. I, I think Maryland will have a big game this year. Um, I don't think the other teams are good enough to warrant Game Day, but I had Maryland as well too. They probably have the best chance. But I was thinking Big Noon Kickoff has that. The Big Ten rights most of the time, so yeah. that's why I went with plus one thousand. Ooh, wow! I went plus four fifty. I think if it's going to happen to anyone, it's going to be Duke or Maryland, uh, Rutgers, Virginia, maybe Syracuse. If Syracuse has another good start, they're kind of fun. They've got a fun home stadium, unique home stadium. I just don't have a lot of faith because I remember last year they went to Georgia twice, and and Georgia fans didn't care, but they seem to kind of be stuck in a. I don't know. Some, sometimes it feels like they don't branch out as much as they should. Yeah. There are, of course, other times where they'll surprise you, like when they went to App State and stuff like that. Like, that's fun. So maybe, but I'm going to say plus 450. Uh, odds that the team that wins the huge week one FSU-LSU game will make the playoff and also the losing team missing the playoffs. I'm going to go plus 200 here. I don't think either Florida State or LSU will quite get there. Like, LSU's not beating Bama second year in a row. Spoiler alert. And, uh, you know, they're not getting past Georgia in the championship game. And then Florida State, I think they're a little bit overrated. You know, people think Jordan Travis, like when we talked about the Heisman odds last week, way too high on Jordan Travis. Yeah. Florida State's going to be great. Their program's in a good spot right now, but not quite natty caliber. Really into LSU lately uh, because – Maybe a potential trip there this season. Who knows? So I'm going to go with minus 100 because I think LSU is going to end up winning this game, and that's going to be the difference between them and Florida State if they knock off Clemson. I went plus 250 because what I'm looking at here is I think I agree with Hayden. If LSU loses this game, they are not going to be able to beat Bama again, and if they make it to the SEC title game, they're going to get 
curb stomped by Georgia. And then when we look at Florida State, even if they win this game, that road game against Clemson early, if they can pass that test, that's why I'm at 250. I'm thinking about bumping it up to 350 right now, actually, now that I talk about it. But let's just can we just talk about that game? That's going to be such a fun game. Awesome. Florida State LSU, like, oh, the stakes are just going to feel so much higher. Like, we didn't know how good both those teams were last year when they met. We were looking at a couple of teams that were hovering around 500 the year prior. By the end of the year, that game aged amazingly. Um, and for it to end on that, what was it, a blocked extra point? Crazy yeah. stuff. Neutral side again, though, this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of that. Me neither. We've already touched on our thoughts on neutral side games. Odds one of the Big 12 newcomers makes the conference championship game. Don't see it this year. I'm going to go plus 200. I think BYU is going to regress quite a bit this year. And I'm just not a believer in Houston right now. UCF maybe might have the best chance, maybe Cincy as well. But ultimately, you got to get past Texas and Oklahoma, and that's much easier said than done. It's the Big 12. Anything can happen. I mean, UCF, I think, has the best chance, as you mentioned. So I'm going to go plus 200. Plus 500. I'm not feeling it. Maybe Cincy out of this because they have, like, a really easy conference schedule, but that's it. Like, I just am not feeling these teams. I think Houston is going to be, like, the worst team in this conference. I just don't think their roster is ready for the Big 12. And then BYU, I'm not sure about. UCF. Like, I like so many other teams in the Big 12 better than these guys. Like, I like Texas Tech, Texas, uh, Kansas State, Oklahoma, Baylor, Kansas. I like them better than all those teams. So, I feel eh. like I feel like BYU is about to be mid for like the next 15 years. They, they I just landed, get the feeling. Uh, they landed a pretty good feeling. offensive tackle the other day in the portal. But right. the, but I you know I, I know where you're coming from. I can see that. But I also could weirdly see them doing well. It's sure. weird how that works. Uh, Texas is leaving, so that's forgot also about true. that. Also true. And Oklahoma uh, odds Texas Tech or Penn State win their conferences. Plus 700 for me. Um, Penn State would have the. You know, I'm sleeping on Texas Tech a little bit. Okay, yeah, Penn State not getting through Michigan, Ohio State. I don't even think they're better than Wisconsin. Well, Texas Tech, yeah, maybe. I I think they're definitely going to be like 8-4 and four kind of range this year. They're going to take a big step forward. But, again, I just don't think they're quite at the Texas-Oklahoma caliber. The Big 12 is too chaotic for me. I mean, look what happened with TCU. They were, like, rolling all year, and then they played Kansas State in that championship game and lost. And then, I don't know, Penn State, you got to prove to me that you can beat Ohio State and Michigan first. So I'm going to go with plus 800. Feels like this prompt was tailor-made to bait me, and I'm going to b- take the bait. I'm going to go minus 250. <laughs> I, I do not care. One of these two teams will win their conference, guaranteed. I, that, that, I might even throw that in bulletin board material. Texas Tech yes. is just, they're coming. Texas Tech is coming. Last year, around this time, we were all saying the same thing. Yeah, Oklahoma and Texas, they're going to be the top dogs in the Big 12. On paper, it looks that way, but the Big 12 is just a different animal. And then Drew Aller is going to be the truth. And Penn mm. State is coming, and I think they've just been knocking on the door of greatness for so long. There's a chance both these guys win their conferences. Oh, if what's the odds on that? <laughs> That's going to be more like plus like 700 where Hayden's at. But I think <laughs> one, you give me one of these guys, like these are my dark horses to win these. Not even dark horses. These are like my... Sleeper is that better than dark horse? Maybe yeah. sleeper picks to uh, win those conferences. So I, I got to go minus on that. Otherwise, I'm wow. I'm not a man of my word. We are writing this down. Uh, we may, we may. Um, we we could do a dark horse to win their conference post. Yes. That could be fun. That yes. would be very good. All right, let's go ahead and do that. Uh, and Colt, why don't we kick it to your corner where you'll give us some lock Achaeas, which I think. Oh no, 
I, I thought it looked like for a second the spelling was different on Lockakea, but I think you just wrote it strangely. Uh, but anyways, Colt, take it away. Um, so I didn't hit a bet last week, guys. Uh, there hasn't been a nine-dart finish yet. Uh, the Nets are down 0-2. I said they would win two games. I thought it was going to be a 4-2 series for the Sixers. Uh, and Max Holloway won, which was great. <laughs> but that means the depression bet did not hit, so that's a bet that doesn't count for me. But... There's always another day in sports. And this Friday, we have the Boston Celtics taking on the Atlanta Hawks in Atlanta. The Hawks suck. If you watch any of these games, the Celtics look like they're clearly better than the Hawks, and they're favored by five. They're going to cover that spread. Boston's up 2-0. I think they're going to absolutely sweep the Hawks. Um, I went to Michael Bosky, our roommate, uh, for this next one. We oh, have, that Michael Bosky. Yeah, that Michael Bosky, the guy that eats food. Uh, Gervonta Davis <laughs> plays uh, or fights Ryan Garcia this weekend. Okay, They're Yikes. both undefeated fighters. Uh, very interesting matchup. Michael Bosky said Gervonta Davis is going to get a knockout within the first eight rounds of the fight. Eight? Oh, my. How many rounds are there? I believe there's 12. Are you serious? Yeah. Man, so I for, agree, for a Javante Davis win in round one through six, uh, it's plus two ten. So no. hammer that. Yeah, apparently. Brian Garcia's Bleach reports like Wonder Boy yeah. that they're always posting videos of. I, I remember that. I think, he, and then uh, Bosky also had a quote that he would he wanted to share uh, on this segment. It was quote True hell is when the person you are meets the person who could have been. Wow. That's pretty deep. That's wow, prophetic. That's, that is profound. Thanks. Shout out to Michael Bosky. From our cold beers and cheeseburgers. Sure. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, well, guys, this is a Pac-12 show, so let's let's get to the Pac-12 <laughs> section of the show. Uh, we've got some news. Colorado, Colt's out here bumping his head against the wall. I don't know what concussion protocol over there, Hayden. we got to get him on that. Be like Tua? Uh, <laughs> oh, God. Colorado has, he almost retired this offseason. You heard you that? See that? Yeah. yeah. That was wild. Anyways, Colorado sold out its season tickets now for the first time since 93, which is like three years after they won a natty. Um, will Colorado fans regret their purchase by the end of the season? No, because even if Colorado sucks, you know, there's buzz around this program. Oh, yeah. You know, that's something, there's a lot to be said just about buzz, excitement, something like you mentioned they haven't had since the 90s. So even if they're terrible, they won't regret being excited about Colorado football again. This reminds me of Hawaii, though, last season. There was a lot of hype for the new coach, the new stadium, the student section. And uh, going into that Vandy game, it was buzzing. And by the end of that game, everyone was depressed. And it was a very long season. So I'm saying Hawaii fans necessarily regretted their purchase, but I'm sure they didn't attend all of the games that they bought. Yeah, I look to tie this into Oregon State because uh, Oregon State, I remember I went to the first home game after Mike Riley left and we had Gary Anderson. And I can just remember the excitement and the buzz in the stadium. And there were a lot of flashy, like talented players on our roster. Seth Collins hurdled a guy. We were running no huddle, which like blew all of our minds. And I can just remember the buzz in the stadium fans saying, we wouldn't have done that with Riley. And so the buzz and excitement was there. And even though we went 2-10 and 10 that year, the buzz and excitement actually stayed throughout the season. I think that will happen with Colorado. There are talented guys in this roster. There's exciting players, big names. There's going to be national spotlight. The atmosphere will be great. I don't think they'll regret it just because I think even if they're losing, which I think they'll lose competitive games, it's, just, it's going to be a fun ride and a lot of optimism for the future for these guys. So something... Ooh. 
This, yeah. this is a 1-11 team from last year. Yeah, I was going to say, literally <laughs> no one <laughs> Anyways, um, some spring games happened in the Pac-12. The Arizona schools, USC and Cal. Um, takeaways that you had from those games. And then uh, anything you want to look out for for the upcoming games. Yeah, I mean, I know a couple of... Were you at the spring game, Colt? I wasn't, no. You were not? Okay. Well, Ooh, uh, competition. I was... <laughs> nice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, at the spring game. You know, it was a, the ASU spring game, that is. Um couple takeaways, no obvious QB1. Jaden Rashada didn't look great. He threw an interception. Uh, that was Drew, a hilarious yeah, pick. Yeah, Drew Pine, was he was all right. He had a couple overthrows. I actually thought Borgay looked pretty good, and even Bennett Meredith, who just transferred. He's fast. Yeah, he, he was pretty good. So tough loss there, but ASU, that QB room, loaded. We got no answers there. Jalen Conyers, the guy could be an All-American at tight end. So tough to guard. Really tough to bring down as well. He had like a 60, 70-yard touchdown reception. And then lastly, Elijah Badger, man. He's incredible, um, and I think he's one of the best wide receivers in the conference. He had a great touchdown catch. Two guys draped on him. He's a beast. U of A, uh, Jaden Delora, man, that guy's pocket movement, the zip on the ball. He even kicked a, a PAT this weekend. Just the chemistry that he has with Cowing, even the tight end, I forget his name, just looks seamless. This offense was cooking. They have these two running backs. Um, what, what are these guys' names? Uh, Jonah Coleman and Rayshon Luke, I believe. They look quick. And so I don't know if it's a good thing that this offense looks so good because does that mean the defense is awful again? It's a double-edged sword. But, I mean, I have no idea what to expect from U of A defense this year. Uh, this weekend, very excited to see how good uh, Shadur Sanders is and uh, if DJ Uyunglele uh, is, in fact, the man. True. Cameron Scadabo is a human bowling ball for Arizona State. I think he is a clear-cut running back one. He was... The whole offense for the Maroon team during that spring game. That was very exciting to watch. I know there was a couple running backs out. Um, Tevin White mm-hmm. and DeCarlos Brooks were injured, but very exciting to see. I I, I actually think I think Pine is going to start because I thought um, Rashada looked sh- shaky. Borgay did look comfortable, but he's been in the system for a long time. But Pine had the best throws of the night. That one to Conyers, yeah. that was a beautifully placed ball. So if I had to bet money, I would say Pine, but still could be an open competition. I watched the highlights of the Cal game, and this is the foreshadowing on Cal. Sam Jackson might single-handedly save Justin Wilcox's job. Really? That guy, he looks good. Like he actually, he looks pretty, pretty dang good. And you think about the guys he was behind. He was behind Max Duggan and uh, was it Chandler Morris? Guy, Chandler Morris, the other guy. Chandler Morris, yeah. Yeah, Chandler Morris, who was gonna start over Max Duggan. And so Sam Jackson transferred to that room. He looks fast. They were out there running read option. He made an awesome pass down the sideline. Like he actually like looks kind of filthy. So, um, some some interesting optimism for Cal football. Right. Maybe that's why the FPI is excited. Yeah, well, the FBI is not really logic based, but um, I've heard that that Hayden's haters, which uh, we're gonna go to now, might, yeah. might be spring game related. Yeah, it's it's been a while. We haven't done this since like it's been two years or something. It's been, it's been, a been forever. All right, guys. Yeah, while we're on the topic of spring games, I don't know if you guys uh, how involved you are on ASU specific Twitter, but ASU got flamed mercilessly for the spring game attendance. And Bud, you were there. It was not uh, great. It was a very bad showing. Um, Dilly wanted 40,000 there. 
Maybe got a fraction of that. Maybe. Like maybe. Like, I think there was like maybe nine thousand people there. That, that's pushing it. That's even. pushing it. Um, maybe. Damn, was that bad? I would say it five thousand. Terrible. It was really bad. So my haters is twofold. Uh, very disappointed in Sun Devil Nation for not coming out to support a guy who has really worked his ass off to get this thing turned around quickly. He's been hammering the portal. You know, he's been trying to get people involved. He's all about being part of the Valley. And you give him that? Who cares if it's hot? You live in freaking Arizona. You know what I mean? Everyone's like, oh, it's 90 degrees. What are we talking about here? Come support your freaking team and your head coach. However, <laughs> I'm going to contradict myself. Uh, using spring game attendance as a measuring stick for fan excitement is kind of dumb, especially on the West Coast in a pro sports market. Look, everyone who follows ASU football knows fans are excited about Dillingham because we have buzz around the program, kind of like Colorado. Mm. Um, meanwhile, the Arizona Wildcats fans made sure to let everybody know that they broke their spring game attendance record. You know how many people were in the stands? Like 23,000. That thing was half full, okay? So, look, even the look at the Coliseum, their spring game, it was like 5% full. I mean, and they're returning a Heisman Trophy winner, so... Look, as a diehard college football fan, I don't see why you wouldn't go out and support. I was there. Just getting football is refreshing. Spring games are fun. This is the only taste of college football we get between January and August. So if you care, get the hell out there. But ultimately, these things are kind of inconsequential in just about every sense. Yeah. Fun fact, actually. I got there like a little bit early. And on Kenny Dillingham's way back from the interview he had, I actually had the the opportunity to go up and I shook his hand. I was like, hey, just wanted to say good luck this year, coach. Like, we're rooting for you. Go Devils. And nice. he was like, thank you. So that was actually a pretty cool moment. But nice. Sweet. Um, I agree. A lot, of, a lot of weird spring game takes on Twitter. I saw people, like, talking about how, like, oh, stop, like, making observations. It's just a spring. It's like, well, you can make observations. Like, what, like, well, sure. what yeah. are you talking about? Like, I don't know. L lots of dumb takes existing in the spring game realm. And then, yeah, the, like, reading too much into attendance stuff. Yeah. It's whatever. Um, in a couple weeks, it's National Superhero Day, right? But there's no room weeks down the line. It's packed. It rim, rim, rim. <laughs> we can't do it. So, <laughs> so we just, uh, this week, for each Pac-12 team, we are going to name its superhero or supervillain comic book character comparison um, it can be anything that has ever been in a comic book, essentially. And so let's just get into it. Our methodologies are going to be all over the place. <laughs> yes. And I think this would be a pretty fire Instagram post. Yeah. Uh, so let's start with Arizona. Guys, I got to go with the Joker. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm bringing bias here. But look, the Joker is he's pretty powerful, you know. Uh, he's flashy. He's unpredictable, just like U of A's offense. You know, they can strike at any second. Uh, you know, he's pure evil. <laughs> U of A kind of ties in there. Yeah, pure evil. Yep. Uh, I got Robin and or Nightwing. They're the same guy. But uh, the comparison I see is they got heart, okay? And when they turn to Nightwing, they can kick your ass. But there's some really clear holes in their game. They're trying to be Batman, but you're really not. You're just fighting a bunch of Teen Titans. I said Ant-Man. Like a C-tier hero. Like doesn't really get people up and get people going. Good underdog story. Has stepped into like relevance recently because they had like a movie but like not nationally relevant the big movie comes out and it can't stand on its own two feet it's like ah, maybe he's mm. better as a side character uh for arizona let's go to arizona state 
Batman because Batman <laughs> and the Joker are rivals. Yeah, there we go. Uh, <laughs> hey, Batman has no like inherent superpowers, right? ASU, they've got some good players, but no mega stars, right? However, they have the tools and the resources to have a good season, just like Batman utilizes his wealth and resources to fight crime. There we go. I went with Loki from the Thor movies. It, it matches <laughs> Sparky's personality. Okay. Uh, totally loves beating his brother, which is Thor, which is U of A. Um, you know, we can spring an upset here and there, bring excitement to the whole party, yeah. but we're not going to beat a <laughs> Thanos. <laughs> I said Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. Tra- tragic right. backstory, the Herm Edwards era. Uh, <laughs> young head coach, Peter Parker's young, right? Uh, your, Love it. N- your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. It's our neighborhood Sun Devils, right? Big potential down the line. How about exactly. that? Uh, we got Rally out here exposing me. He said, Tyler told me he tried to slip his business card into Dillingham's back pocket and got swarmed by security. Damn. Uh, <laughs> let's jump to the Oregon Ducks. Uh, Green Goblin. Uh, I, you're going to hear a lot about color schemes. I was starting to pick up on that. Yeah, uh, and they've, they've just got villain energy, you know? I don't know. Oregon, Green Goblin. Oregon, I got the Flash, you know, fun, flashy, known for speed. They're going to get destroyed if they, be, if they play like a Superman or Batman, but they're definitely part of the Justice League. Uh, Oregon, Lex Luthor. Phil mm. Knight is Lex Luthor. Yes. The getting to where they are with money. They haven't had any superpowers. It's all about flashy uniforms, and it's hollow because they have zero national titles. Ah. <laughs> all right. Uh, Oregon State. I'm going to go with The Thing from the Fantastic Four. <laughs> okay. <laughs> First of all, he's orange, so that qualifies him. Valid. Uh, you know, he's, he's, he's a physical specimen, right? He's powerful, just like Oregon. The downhill running game. They're going to out-physical everybody. There you go. I went with another orange guy, Aquaman. Wow. Very prideful fan base, like the ocean. You have the entire support of Corvallis. You know, sometimes has a hard time hanging with the big dog, but no question regarding the fight of Aquaman. Hey, Oregon State, easy comparison for me. Batman doesn't necessarily have superpowers. Mm. Earns it. Grinds. Does it the right way. The opposite of Lex <laughs> Luthor. Works harder than you. With prep time, he can beat anyone. Just like Oregon State. <laughs> All right, Colorado. I said Spider-Man for this one. They're like the new kids on the block, you know, enticing talent, but sort of unproven at this level. So that's where I've got it. I can see that. Yeah. I got a Green Goblin. It's a lot of talk. Some really cool gadgets. Your son <laughs> also is a Green Goblin, like Dion and Shador. But when you really fight Spider-Man, like in the first one, the glider ends up in himself, that's how he died. I think this could also be just the fall because they're going to end up hurting themselves. All right, Colorado, the Joker, right? Mm. Another Joker. Has been down on their luck. They're building something behind the scenes. You don't really know what, but they're building something, getting a lot of attention. They might get clowned a little, but big things are coming. And anyone that's making fun of them now, it's going to pay in the future. <laughs> All right, so fun. time for Utah. All right, here we go. I'm going to go Captain America on this mm. one because they started out as fledglings in the Pac-12. They did everything this is the a right good one. way, but they needed the Power 5 resources to build themselves into a juggernaut, which Super is what soldier. they are now. That they've been in the Pac-12 for years. Whittingham's got them going well. Utah is just about unstoppable these days. I went with Black Panther. All honoring some fallen players, passionate, homegrown fan base like Wakanda. Underrated nationally, but pound for pound, they can hang with the big boys. Pretty good one. Pretty good one. The Green Lantern. 
Mm. Nobody <laughs> remembers the Green Lantern, but they are low-key one of the most powerful. They always show up when it counts, and just everyone forgets about them. They want to talk about Superman and Batman, but then here comes the Green Lantern, just mm. like Utah. Uh, UCLA. This one is purely color scheme, boys. Frozone. <laughs> Frozone with the blue and the white. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> I went with uh, Wonder Woman. You need them. You need the Rose Bowl. You don't really know what the future holds for their franchise, but it was a solid movie that they just had. I got lazy with UCLA. I just said Robin. They just can't come out of their counterpart. Shadow in yeah. L.A. Robin. I didn't mean to disrespect them like that. But. All right. USC. I'm going to go Superman because Caleb Williams. That's his, that's his nickname, Superman. And... That's pretty much it. So that's that's why I've got them there. I went with Iron Man. Business decisions. They're heading to the Big Ten. They have the charisma. They're Hollywood. They're entertaining. And, you know, Heisman caliber with a great supporting cast of Avengers that everyone is drawn to. There we go. USC, I went Doctor Doom. Right? Mm. They've been a loser the last few times they've been on the big screen, the national stage, just like the last few big screen Doctor Doom characters. They've been a bit of a loser. But all the nerds online always talk about how Doctor Doom has the potential to be better than Thanos, be better than Alabama and Georgia. You think back to the early 2000s with Pete Carroll. That's what people say this team should be, just like they say Doctor Doom should be. And they could be. Stanford. Fair. I'm going to go with Doctor Strange here. Wow, another back-to-back doctor. Yes. Why? Because he was a surgeon. And a lot of people who go to Stanford <laughs> Medical School, which is one of the best medical schools in the country, become true. surgeons. Oh, it was Cyborg. He's a half man, half robot. Staff man, Stanford is half smart kids, half football players. Okay. All right. There's no overlap. Uh, I, I went with old Captain America, and he's all old after he like time traveled back. He's just remembering. He's reminiscing how good they were under Shaw, and now they're just kind of <laughs> harmless. Uh, Cal. <laughs> Who's the guy? I don't even remember his name. Who's the guy from the Suicide Squad who gets like killed in the first five minutes into the mission? The, like the the grappling man. The guy who man? was so irrelevant. Yeah, the, the, gra- even developed the his grappling character. man. Or something. Yeah. I can't. I, the, the grappler. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> that one. Cal's irrelevant. Cal have a like, Captain Marvel. It's an unwatchable movie. They're an unwatchable team. <laughs> I went with Bruce Banner in Infinity War, where he just, like, mm. never transformed. They're like, come on, do something. Like, come on, transform into the Hulk. He just is like, sorry, kind of going through something. Uh, Washington. I've got Iron Man here. They've got all the tools, all the pieces coming together to be a juggernaut this year and run the conference. You know, I asked you before the show, who's the AI? It's Jarvis. That's Ryan Grug, their offensive coordinator. Oh, the brains there we go. behind the operation. Spider-Man. It's hard not to like them. I mean, Phoenix has that comeback story, the heart, the web-slinging abilities of a Spider-Man. But against the best of the best, you're just in a web-shooting contest. Uh, for Washington, I said Deadpool, uh, the source of inappropriate jokes. Uh, in their modern iteration, they don't seem to die. They often regenerate. Wow. Amazing. Uh, Washington State. Deadpool. Because oh, the wow. Cougs, they just they give me anti-hero vibes, you know. They're the epitome of a typical Pac-12 team that, outside of last year when they beat Wisconsin, they're going to lose a terrible non-conference game, and you want to hate them so bad because they made the conference look bad, and then they turn around and they start beating big teams. They did this all the time under Mike Leach, a little bit under Rolo as well, for as long as that lasted. Uh, 
Yeah, that's why. All right. I went with Hawkeye. They're mostly ass, but they have some fluky <laughs> wins and times where it's like, oh, wow, like, you can beat Wisconsin. Also reminds me a lot of like Cam Ward, just shooting arrows and hoping something sticks. I went with the Winter Soldier, right? A guy that you, you don't think about every very often, but he'll come out and he'll surprise you. He'll, he'll make some moves, um, you know, solid. The Winter Soldier is solid. Washington State is a program solid in mm, recent memory. Yep. That concludes the comic book to Pac-12 teams comparisons. Uh, shout out to Cole for that idea. That was oh, very yeah. fun. Thanks, uh, and now, now we go to full disclosure. This next segment is Colt's idea. You cannot cancel me for being a racist. This is Hawaiian or Hukahaka, <laughs> where Colt is going to name 10 college football players over the last few years, and me and Hayden will determine if they are Hawaiian or Hukahaka, a.k.a. not real names. <laughs> All right, oh, let's boy. do it, boys. Number one, Ikaika Kekiokaina. I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Hawaiian. the Hawaiian. It is Hukahaka. I <laughs> oh, should have known Ikaika wasn't real. <laughs> Number two, we have Fred Ulu Perry. What do we have to get to win? Like, what, out of five out of is ten? It, is it ten people, or how's, how's this work? It's ten people. All right, whoever what, gets What was the second right? name? Fred Ulu Perry. I'm going to say Hawaiian. Hawaiian for me. That is true. Okay, okay. We're one for two. Jonah Kuhio Kalaniana'ole. Too many, too many syllables. Yeah, I'm gonna go hukahaka. Hukaha- well, I'm gonna go Hawaiian. Hukahaka. He is a former <laughs> Hawaii prince, not a football player. Wow. Yes. Wow. I feel like that should be hukahaka. Mephi Kolomatangi. Hawaiian. Uh, hukahaka. He is a Hawaiian. Huh? He was oh, on UH 2016. Uh, Keone Pilialoha. Hawaiian. Hukahaka. I made up the name. Yes. <laughs> that is a hookahaka. We're five names in? We are five names okay, in. I'm two for five. I think I'm four? Four, four for five? I believe so. Okay. Yes. Dang it. Tyrus Tuyasasopo. No. Wait. Okay. Tyrus Hawaiian. Hawaiian. That is correct. 2016, he was on Hawaii. Okay. Cap. DJ Utu. I thought you were going to say Uyo. Hukahaka. <laughs> yeah, hookahaka for me. He is a current linebacker on the Hawaii oh. football team. <laughs> <laughs> Tua Tungavai. Kelii Kukai. Hukahaka. Hukahaka, yeah. That is Hukahaka. Yes. I made that up. That's good. David Kalakaua. Hawaiian. Hukahaka. Former king of Hawaii, not a football player. So that's a Hukahaka? That's a Hukahaka. Yes. Okay. Is this the last one? Last one. I think I'm at like five or four. I lost track. We're going to have to review the tape. Whoever gets this one wins. Okay. <laughs> Uso Semalo. Hawaiian. Hukahaka. He is Hawaiian. Kansas ah, State defensive tackle. There we go. I just started fading Hayden once he took like a three-score <laughs> lead because that was the only way I could uh, make it back. Ikaika Kekioka Ayn is my favorite one that I came up with. That was, that was a pretty good one. That, that got us right off the bat, too. Uh, we're going to let Michael Scott take us to our outro. All I can do right now is put on a brave face and go out there and be their leader. It's over. <laughs> We are screwed. All right, guys. A uh, couple minutes here at the end of the show. A uh, pretty full show that was, but uh, a lot of fun. Any uh, parting thoughts before we get out of here? That was a that was a great show outline. Shout out to Colt for cooking <laughs> up an awesome show. Let's go, baby. That was super fun. I'm super excited for next week. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and like I said, we'll probably get some social media posts up for the superhero comparisons. That'll definitely be fun, and That'll then we'll fun. do a... A dark horse uh, contenders. Has Hawaii had their spring game yet? 
No. When is that? I'm not sure. I have to find that out. Okay. Because well, I know we started practice earlier than everyone else. Remember that? Like, oh, we, yeah. We, and we then had, you, like, stopped. Like, spring practice in, like, January, I think. <laughs> yeah, that's very strange. Uh, Oregon State's is uh, this weekend, actually. The same, around the same time that they play ASU in baseball this weekend. Mm. I'll be good series. All right. I'm excited to see the QB play for Oregon State. Were you saying DJ same. might isn't, like, a shoe-in or I mean, not I, for Budge? I'm saying all, right. I'm, all I'm saying is, well, Branson has a better shot than I think some people all think. Right. But we'll see. We maybe shall. maybe he looks horrendous this weekend, but could be could be my greatest take of all time, if I'm being honest. But uh, if that's all we got, I'm Tyler Budge. I'm Hayden Weber. And I'm Colty Almodova. And with that, we wave goodbye. Here it comes. Desperation for the dogs. Batted down. And Oh, how about the patience by Dietrich? And he's up and running! Carson, see you later! Nick's rolling right.